Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Holy Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a podcast that is all about the world of professional wrestling. I am your host, Broderick, and joining me are... Hi, this is Jason. Damn it, it's Jason, damn it. And, and Sam, I'm the other one. Yeah, yeah, he is the other one. <laughs> and today we are doing a very impromptu podcast because we just finished All Elite Wrestling Double or Nothing. This is a Sunday evening here in the UK. It's uh, it'll be afternoon over in North America. And uh, we all agree that it is a show worth getting instant reactions about. And we can do instant reactions for the first time ever. So, Jason, I believe you wanted to lead because this was your idea. Yeah, we can. This is a real outlaw mud show kind of show. My cat has disappeared. She's sat on my lap while I'm recording. It's chaos. Normally, it's chaos. I normally yeah. ban her from the room. I've got a, I've got a lovely beer going. Let's it's... go, cat. Let's go, cat. Let's go, cat. Let's uh, go, cat. Cat held the DDT heavy metalweight championship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm just putting that one out there. <laughs> I've got a lovely beer going on here. I've just said, I was saying Sam about it before the show. I've got a beer cut with peach. Oh, wow. I feel like calling it cut with peach that makes it sound like you know when they cocaine cut with glass it kind of sounds like that you know yeah, wow. that's what it says on it, 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 it rather than peach. mixed mixed with, or, beer yeah. cut with peach. we're not we're not advertising it FYI yeah, uh, yeah, there's, other, there's, but, there's other good beers available but if there are any beer companies listening we are yeah. willing to do product placement so give us a call I do yeah, love. I, 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 I am. I am anyway. The others I, might not be. <laughs> I am off. I'm off the sauce. I had two bottles of wine yesterday, so Ooh, yeah. oh, so that's why I didn't come round uh, to uh, our mutual friends, Sam. So yeah, <laughs> <Whoops>. <laughs> I smell like ass. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't then. <laughs> I just Before woke up we... and I was like, I'm dead. <laughs> Before we get into the show, talking about that, how did you guys watch this? So I, I know my wife's away, so I was like planning to stop late. And for anyone who's not in the UK. Um, pre-show here started at midnight, so I watched the first the pre-show for about an hour, and then I watched the first hour or so of the main card. Then I had to go to bed because then it was two in the morning, and I watched the rest of it this morning. How did you guys actually watch it? I watched it in three different parts, pretty much. Like I started watching it midday, and then I had stuff to do, and then I had food to eat. So it's kind of like just broken down into three different parts. So I was quite glad. So I was I was going to watch it live last night, <clears throat> uh, but in the end, yeah, we decided to watch it as a replay today. Uh, I was a bit disappointed, actually. We we bought the pay-per-view via the ITV box office, kind of because uh, this is going to make us sound like a bunch of marks. But basically, we wanted to send that message to ITV. You know, we, we, yeah. we, we are, we're going to be part of your statistics, ITV, to show you there's a demand for wrestling. But um, the ITV player experience was, for want of a better word, dog shit. We had to start... So when you buy the pay-per-view, you can watch it live, and then you get unlimited replays. But what it doesn't tell you is, which is how we were going to watch it, the replays, you can't choose when they start. Essentially what it does is, on the TV player app, it unlocks the ITV box office channel, and that just shows all in on a loop for like the next week, which means if you don't start watching the show when that show starts, you just have to start from the middle. So for us, we, we started watching it when it was already an hour in, so so the first thing we saw was the end of the best friends versus um, uh, Angelico and Jack your Evans. man. Yeah, Jack Evans match. So it was a, what I will say, though, about the production is what they did a really good job of is understanding the kind of the way people watch TV at the moment. They didn't recap any of the matches like they didn't do the WWE thing. You know, and you think I'll just watch that match that's four matches into the card. And then mm. the commentators are like, oh, and we saw this other match end this way earlier on tonight. They didn't do any of that. So we, we didn't actually have anything spoiled by having to watch it in that weird way. 
Um, but but yeah, still very disappointed in the ITV player experience. To, to be fair, <clears throat> um, mm, it's the same as Sky Box Office for years. I mean, I I mean, I haven't used Sky Box Office for three four years because obviously WWE Network. But yeah, it's um, they do the same for WWE pay per views where it's like oh you you can watch it live or you can watch it at a set time. So it's like twelve p.m. four p.m. I remember ordering WrestleManias and have to watch it the following day. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's two thousand and nineteen, man. Know, Video on demand has been a thing for I, years. Yeah. I had yeah, no such issues with the Fight app, so I, I ordered it via the Fight app. It's, it was mm. still the ITV. I think ITV were producing the thing for every like worldwide. It seemed like because I'm watching it on Fight, and it was ITV box office branding in the top yeah, corner. Yeah, I think it but was I the stream. It. Yeah, I could watch it. You know, I, I started watching it last night, and then I watched, picked it up from where I was, and just Chromecasted it to my TV, and I had no such issues. But yeah, I understand the ITV solution is not brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so no, a few ways of doing it. And it was £15 here in the UK. On Fight, I think it was similar in terms of dollars, unless you, if you were trying to order it as a straight pay per view, it was something like $50 or something insane, which is a lot of money. Um, but yeah, I guess before we go into too much of it, did you guys watch the pre show? Yep. So yeah, of course. So we've seen the whole show. All right, I guess overall, I mean, what's your impression of having only just finished watching it in the last like few hours? What did you make of the overall show, Sam? Do you want to go first? Yeah, sure. I thought it was a great pay-per-view. I mean, I'm a bit of an indie wrestling nerd anyway. So for me, it was like indie WrestleMania almost, uh, which I, I quite like. But yeah, I thought even without that, I think there was something for everyone there. And yeah, exciting. I thought it was a pretty good show. I think it had some flaws with its uh, production which kind of took me out of the event mm. a couple of occasions where I'm thinking, especially the pre-show, it was not good levels of production at all. Yeah. I think, um, I mean, if they're going to go live on t- TV in the fall or autumn, which should we say, uh, then they need to really pick up the pace on that. I think in terms of storytelling, there's a couple of things which I didn't enjoy um, that I'll go into, like the aftermath of Cody versus Dustin. But on the whole... I thought the last three matches were fantastic. And um, yeah, I think it was a better second half of the show. See, I thought the aftermath for, for Cody versus Dustin was really, really, really good. Uh, I, like, I thought it was... I watched it with three, uh, two other lads, and yeah. we all went oddly quiet during that bit. And then it was just like, instead of talking about it, people were just going, I thought that was really good. But I was talking that quietly. I'm not ashamed to admit, because I was welling up a little bit. I got, like, taken away with the emotion of it. I think because I am, I have a brother, and so, like, yeah, it struck some heavy chords with me, that bit right. did going to backtrack you guys slightly and come back to that in a minute because I think my overviews I think similar to you guys loved it I really enjoyed this show it was I liked second... it but not loved it yeah I was going to say but I really loved it but I really loved the second half as well more I mean the first mm. half was good but the second half really picked up um talking about that one match though so I guess for me it was a great show overall a lot of it it got a bit too indie at times with some of the spot fests but the highlight for me was the Cody versus Dustin match it was it stood out because it was more of an old school wrestling match mm. and you don't often see a match mm. of that much blood for one thing and then the ending I was I mean just to get everyone up to date on this Cody won this match in about 22 minutes um and afterwards he actually invited Dustin to be his tag team partner against the Young Bucks at one of the upcoming shows I think the um Fight for the Fallen show so and they sort of made up but Cody did a lovely little speech along the lines of I don't need a 
like I don't need a tag partner or a friend. I need a brother. But he delivered it so well, that yeah. line. So, Sam, you loved it. I think, Broad, you felt it was a bit, you weren't sure about it. I kind of thought it ruined it a little bit, but they were so like, we're ending this era. But then they became best mates again. Yeah. But I think I enjoyed the actual emotion of it, though. And I'm guessing, I, Broad, that was your issue. I, I think, yeah, it's emotional. It was really well acted by Cody. Oh and Dustin, um, so I'm not going to take away from the performance element from it, but in terms of general storytelling, you have this I'm going to kill the Attitude Era thing. Cody succeeds, and then he just goes, eh, I want my brother back. It's just it's just inconsistent, and if this is WWE, I'm just going to say, if this is WWE right now, people would be complaining, but because it's All Elite, and people want All Elite to succeed, they're not, because it's inconsistent storytelling right from the very off. Whereas Sam, I, you loved that moment. Yeah, I don't think it is inconsistent storytelling. It, it is. It was a symbolic victory, an end of an era, <clears throat> and and then uh, yeah, no, they're so, still brothers at the end of the at the end of the match. I don't see what the what I, the problem is. When, when I thought I want that, someone to beat the crap out of someone and then just follow through with that as a storyline. It's not that difficult. I don't I don't get it. I I just don't. Uh, I think it's just poor, if I'm honest. And it's a great shame because I'm with Jason. I absolutely love that match. It was my match for the night, I felt, because of the way it was just a fight. It wasn't an indie spot fest. It was a proper fight, and it felt different in comparison to the rest of the matches. And it's a great I, shame they ruined it for me. I guess I could see where you're coming from a little bit. Like, it, I think if Dustin hadn't bladed, and so there wasn't as much blood in the match, then it might have been a bit... Yeah, made a bit more sense to have them kind of be pals at the end of it or do the old handshake... Yeah, I, mean, I just, yeah. I just, I think the handshake thing is just more of a common complaint of me and the indie thing. It's just like, oh, 20 minutes of being the crap out of each other. It's a blood feud. Oh, handshake at the end. It's just, I, w- I, I feel it's overly done. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, would, I didn't like it. I would have been happier if Dustin had retired at that point and they hadn't done mm. that that moment. It would have been to just say, I'm retiring, big round of applause type thing. But I still, yeah. I still kind of appreciated the moment because of how well Cody delivered those lines. But yeah, I wouldn't. I could have done with it being like, no, that's over. Um, but talking about the blood, so you don't see this level of blood often on a show these days, especially like if you're used to watching WWE. And this was, I, I think he. I mean, I, I, I was watching this. I remember Dustin Rhodes back in his WCW days in the early '90s before Gold Dust and everything, and he had face paint on. And I remember a couple of matches he had with like with Steve, with stunning Steve Austin, I guess, and some of the War yeah. Games matches. Dustin gets amazing colour. He just looks... Mm. It's just the way he dribbles down his face, but this was... Wasn't was, that the reason he was fired from WCW? Um, yes. There was, yeah, there was an issue where they had... It was kind of a weird booking of a bunkhouse match in the back of a truck, and there was... Oh, yeah, that was so bad. And I, don't, I, I, don't think he, I don't think he bladed. I think he actually got cut or something, but yeah, either way, there was blood, and yeah, that led to them firing him. They were, it was all a bit silly, but they had to do that. It was a terrible match, but he was great at getting colour. And yeah. this, uh, I think he... And you've seen it before with Ric Flair and Eddie Guerrero and people in big, pro, yeah. high-profile matches. I think he cut a bit too deep because yep. that was a pool of blood just dribbling yeah. out. Yeah, I, I thought it, it looked like Eddie Guerrero versus JBL, if you can remember that one. Oh, I love that match. Uh, <laughs> that, was, so, um, that was back in 2004, wasn't it? it, I'm it was the, the first, paper, first pay-per-view match I ever watched. Oh, yeah, that's what got you in with when you were coming yeah. in and loving Eddie. Yeah. Oh, yeah, what did... Do you think Dustin was there? Was that too much blood, or do you think I think that match? I think so, it kind of made so, the match. 
So one thing I did notice is he hits the turnbuckle and he doesn't bleed straight away. He bleeds like a minute after, which I found a bit strange. Or maybe I didn't watch it right. But no, they, they did it in a way that he hit the turnbuckle and then you had Brandy getting involved and there was like a distraction for a bit so he could go and do the blade job. Yeah. And, but and then suddenly he was bleeding that, everywhere. Yeah. I thought that was just a bit poorly executed. But yeah, I think he did cut himself a bit too deep. But eh. It's for the story, and you know you don't really see it that often, but I think it really enhanced the match. So uh, we, we we've talked a lot about the match here, but nobody's mentioned the uh, Cody's entrance. What did you guys think about the smashing of the the stone throne? <laughs> it, it was cute. I mean, it was it was funny that he he hit this uh, again. But we didn't watch it. There was a Triple H type throne that was on the stage when Cody came out, and I thought. Is that part of his entrance? What's going to go on here? And instead, yeah. they got down to ringside, and Brandy got a sledgehammer out from under the ring and sent Cody back up to destroy the throne, which he hit with one swing into the middle of it, and then smoke went off everywhere, and the back fell off in a really elaborate way. Yeah, I thought it was cute, but <laughs> I, I, for a company that's trying to be different, they're obsessed with trying to mock WWE, and I don't know, I just don't care for it. I so feel like there's that's that Cody's and there's all, more than anyone else's. Yeah, that and I think is like someone kicks out the Falcon Arrows and the commentators are going, uh, this is, I think, the Angelico Jack Evans best friends match. It's like, no one kicks out the Falcon Arrows. Like, uh, slide digs. I don't care for it. I don't care for him either way. You oh, know, no, I'm, dude. People that... like those products, but that just annoys me. And the Cody entrance annoyed me. That Falcon Arrow call is is like a PWG in joke. It's nothing to do with the WWE. Oh, and Angelico is the PWG commentator, and he always says that every time anyone uh, does a Falcon Arrow. By the way, Jim Ross, absolute hero. Yeah, he he yeah, was so, really good on commentary. I, I didn't think, think much of Angelico actually while he, we're on the subject. Not Angelico, sorry, yeah. uh, Excalibur. While we're on the subject, I think yeah. he he fluffed a lot of stuff, um, he, and he didn't both, shut up when he should have done. Uh, Pre-shows. Yeah, it was bad. We're going to bounce around a little bit here. I know we're not doing our normal like, rundown the entire card thing, but just want to sort of finish with Cody and Dustin then. So, yeah, Jim Ross, this is a match he excelled in for me. I think he got a bit lost in some of the other matches because of the amount of people going on, but this was an old-school match, and he was perfect for calling this match. This, it was my match of the night, and it was also Jim Ross's best match of the night, really. Yeah. Yeah, you won't get me disagreeing there. Uh, but I, I mean, I watch the show with other people, and it's often hard to like listen to commentary properly. Mm. Then, so uh, I basically can only talk about the pre-show because that's the only bit I watched on my own. So, talking yeah. about um, our match of the night, Brod, are you? You think you're agreeing that Dustin v Cody was your match of the night? Yeah, I would say so. Uh, just pips Jericho Omega for me. And Sam, what are you saying? I think, yeah, Cody Dustin was probably my match of the night, but that's not to say others didn't come very, yeah. very close. And it was it was a great card overall. Um, I just want to say, if we're saying what was the best, just to bounce it, what was your least enjoyable match on the show? Least enjoyable? Yeah, what, mean, worst, I... what, what one did you think? Yeah. I think, what did you enjoy the least? Yeah. yeah. And for me, yeah. it was the um, sixth women tag match. I, I, I won't say the names, the, the Japanese ladies. Um, I mean... It was noted on commentary that they weren't regular tag teams. None of them had ever really teamed up on a regular basis, and it showed. There was some great like work from everyone in the match, but it was a bit clunky in parts. So I don't disagree. I thought both women's matches weren't that great, which is a shame. I The four-way did not need Awesome Kong. Uh, I, mean, I wonder why they did that. Out. 
When she yeah. came out, I popped. But yeah, so did I. Yeah, so the reason why they had brought Awesome Kong in is due to the fact that I think she's going to be like Brandy Rhodes, uh, a ringside of Brandy Rhodes' match with Ali at uh, Fight for the Fallen, hence why they had Ali on commentary. So I think that's why they brought in Awesome Kong for this match. But for me, it just... I, I, the person I felt sorry most for is Nyla Rose because you want, you know, you have two. Yeah, yeah, she did get you have lost two in the smaller women, then. one larger woman. And you want the larger woman to be an absolute beast, and she only got like one or two spots in. Um, and that's not to take away from the fantastic effort that Britt Baker and Kylie Ray put in. I think the right person went over in that match. But yeah, uh, the I, I will, for that I will match. say I agree with Jason on the tag though. That was clunky as well. And that, at that point, I was like, this is not a good show. <laughs> So, but, Brody, is that your least favourite match, the six women tag team match or the other women's match? The other women's match, because okay. at least the six women's, you know, the, uh, the four-way supposed to feel like it has stakes, even though it didn't. The six women tag, I was just like, well, it's there. I mean, that was just a Japanese women's showcase, wasn't it? Yeah. It was good good to see Emi Sakura out and, and Aja Kong. And, like, I did, because I am, like like I say, kind of a bit of an indie or Japanese wrestling nerd, I did know who some of those ladies were. So it was good to see them getting onto a bit of a yeah. bigger stage. But you are right that, yeah, it was it was clear that it wasn't the most polished yeah. match, match, I... match on the show. I only know Kong from that match, and things I enjoyed. I, I the Freddie Mercury impersonation that um, was being done. There were some great little like moments, but it just didn't come together for me. What was with all the Queen stuff at this? I show? don't know. I think someone someone more plugged in than me probably knows. But Sam, what was your what match was your like worst, or what did you least enjoy on the show? Um, I think actually probably Best Friends versus Angelica and Jack Evans. Oh really? Yeah, I I mean I like them. Don't get me wrong, but I just it yeah. was kind of a bit of a nothing match where I was pleasantly surprised. I think I I kind of feel the same way that Sam does, and I don't want to you know crap on the show because I had fun with quite a lot of it. But I think the problem is with half these matches after the Battle Royal is that none of them had any stakes and you don't know why these guys yeah. are fighting each other. Um, it could have done, I know you're going to hate me saying this, Jason, it could have done with the impact treatment where they have like a, typically they have a video package before every match so you know what the stakes are, you know why they're facing each other. And I feel mm. that they could have done that beyond... Um, Beyond yeah. their main events, if you will. And yeah, I, they I get what you mean. Three, it was kind of cool. it's kind of hard, right? Because they haven't got, I guess, weeks and weeks of TV footage and matches they can use. They did it for Cody and Dustin. That was the one that really stood out when they did yeah, that. Yeah, that, that but... Mega Jericho too, and the I Young guess, Bucks. Yeah, they, they, did, they did yeah. it for the elite. They did it for the elite. All elites about the elite. That's what yeah. I took away from the show. But, but you're then... right. I think it was it was a bit of a struggle with like the early the early matches being it was, that the first mm-hmm. half did seem more like an indie showcase. I mean that's yeah. fine, but then the second half really kicked uh, into this is our brand. Yeah. I, mean, I, it, uh, sorry. Oh, sorry. I was going to say it pretty much was an indie showcase. I mean, like you had uh, the what the OWE showcase. You have the Stardom slash Sendai Girls showcase. You have the New Japan showcase. It's just yeah, it was just a series. Of I, I I did like matches. the SCU uh, Strong Hearts. Six man tag, but oh, way. yeah, so that was oh, that great. Was very good. Um, and, Sam, yeah. oh, no, I want to go back to on this. Um, Sam, you took your best friends with Angelico and Jack Evans. Um, what did you make of the end of it with the lights off? Oh, yeah, Smash Brothers. I thought. If I knew who the hell those dudes were, I would have probably gotten more excited. I, uh, in fairness, yeah, I thought that finish was cool with all of the 
like it reminded me of the Power Rangers. Do you remember the putty men, the metal dudes <laughs> who were like the henchmen? It reminded me of that, having all those guys in identical green lucha masks coming out. I, I kind of I didn't know who the hell they were, and they didn't yeah. announce on commentary. I had to look it up afterwards, and the fact that they they were quite they've been quite big on the indie scene. They're more known in Canada, and yeah, I, I, the commentary did an awful job of trying to. I mean, they didn't even say the tag team name. I don't think so. No, they, I, didn't, they didn't say anything. Uh, it's just like, uh, okay. I was like, if you guys don't know, who how am hell? I meant to know? Yeah, yeah. who the hell? Mm. So. It's a shame up. because they're trying to make tag teams like more relevant, and I think they've got a good bunch of tag teams there outside of the Young Bucks and Lucha Bros to work with. So hopefully it builds towards something good for their next couple of shows. I did. I looked up the Super Smash Brothers, and their gimmick does sound kind of cool. The the one with the mask is called Player Uno, and the I can't remember what the other one's called, but their gimmick is they're meant to look like a couple of really bad creator wrestlers from the 2K games. And <laughs> so they, they do all, all gimmicks around, yeah, video game gimmicks the whole time and, like, default finishes and stuff. So, yeah, that sounds like it could be quite fun. But, yeah, you have to say who they are if you're on commentary. That's yeah. your job. And, and, again, it just ties into the fact that there's just not much storytelling happening in the first half of this show. Yeah. Um... Yeah. I mean, I was, I was enjoying the first half of the show, but you're right, it didn't have the same storytelling. Quickly, on just on, if we talk about the pre-show, I think it was it was not the best pre-show you ever see, but they they were using it to heavily hype the um bo- you know the box office, and they were talking about ITV and like oh, waiting to get hold of it. Every, oh, they love every ITV. two minutes. Like, we love ITV. We yeah. love the United Kingdom. Thanks Go to our ITV fans in the UK. Yeah. Our fans, we're trending. I'm like, my God. And I will never complain about Michael Cole ever again. I just found it really <laughs> odd though that we were getting that much of a push for the UK fan base, and it's because I guess ITV were the ones that would actually produce and stream the show worldwide. But yeah, that, I wondered if we were getting a different feed to everyone else. I was like, have we got different commentators? It was a bit, a bit strange. <laughs> it's just so. Well, I mean, I think they're just trying to push themselves as the alternative because now there's lots of alternative options in the UK, isn't there? What with NXT UK and all the other indie scenes. So they're yeah, yeah trying to get eyes on, on their product. But uh, talking about the pre-show matches, I thought the Battle Royale was pretty good. It was, it was a Battle Royale. It was, it, was, it was interesting when they didn't have loads of it getting thrown out quite early. But yeah, yeah. It, it, was, it was enjoyable. Oh, yeah. um, I, that bloke think... with no legs was a bit strange. Really, um, I thought I thought it was good fun. Yeah, I thought that and, was cool. And, yeah. I, and I thought the way they used him was in the right way. Like you have you have someone big be eliminated by him, like I don't know Sean Spears. He was the guy who uh, Dustin Thomas, I think that was his name. If yeah, I yeah, yeah. wrong. And then obviously to put MJF as a big heel. Who, by the way, I love MJF. I thought I you were going to say, say that. Like, I, 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 I mean, it's so typical. MJF is my sort of guy, but uh, yeah, I love his heel work in uh, both there in the show and on the pre-show. He was a star of this battle royal for me, and uh, yeah, I, is it just me or I admire, I, I admire what they tried to do with this concept, like the suits coming out, so you have five at a time, it's like a mini rumble, but with five entrance and then you have the 21 and i quite yeah. i like the idea just not the execution i yeah. thought it was a bit messy and then when hangman page came out i was like uh, i don't like handman that much to be honest I, was, he does uh, nothing for me it was interesting i think i enjoyed that they're doing a better role and doing it differently yeah i mean yeah dustin thomas or thompson i mean i just 
it stretched my believability a bit. I mean, inspiration of story, but I literally, I think I missed the first minute of the match, and then he just laid in the corner for like 15 minutes, it seemed like, because he was selling some sort of injury, and then he got up and did this couple of spots, and I just thought it was a bit bit strange. But what I loved about this battle royal is I've got, an, I might have a new favourite wrestler in, Luchasaurus. Oh yeah, he's cool. He nearly killed Joey Janela. Do you see the, the choke yeah. slam oh. through the table? Joey Janela, I'd just like to point out, has recently come back from being off for like a year with a neck injury. That was his return, and now probably dead again. Yeah. Um, I, guess I, I love Penelope Ford's uh, screaming. By yeah, the man. I thought... I bought. I thought that she was genuinely like worried that he'd actually hurt himself again. You know, I I bought that scream. I, I don't know. It's either it's either really well sold or yeah or oh my god, he's dead. Or actually, he is he is injured again. Yeah. Luchasaurus is an interesting guy. He was actually signed to WWE and wrestled as Judas Devlin for a bit, and then seemed to get released. And was also on Big Brother Seventeen in the US, where he placed fifth. So that's his background wow. before before he's become this new character that he's playing, like Luchasaurus, which he's been doing since like I think two thousand seventeen. Big big lad, I liked it. I'd like to see more yeah. of him. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I tell you I didn't understand. Why did Tommy Dreamer get put over so much in that battle royale? What does there was a moment where he managed to knock over all like fifteen or twenty other guys that were in there with him, and then there was a, like a moment of Tommy Dreamer stands tall over the all elite roster. What was that about? I don't know. I Tommy don't Dreamer don't why... need that. I don't know why it's... Tommy Dreamer keeps getting that love. It's like, we get it, you're this hardcore icon, but no one cares anymore. Maybe, he maybe never they won. I, I care. I love Tommy Dreamer. Because he, he never wins. Yeah, he wasn't good at wrestling. He never won. He didn't need to. Maybe they're making up for it now. Well, uh, when, when Adam Page came out, were you pretty much, oh, I know what's going on with this match. Yep. Pretty much, I yeah. like, oh, oh, MGF escaped to the outside. MGF might w- win by sneak attack. Oh no, Adam Page wins. Whoop, yeah. who cares? And then Kip Saban was the other, and so it's Sammy Guerrero was the other. Like pre-show match wasn't too fussed about that, but we're like, it's we're not, fine. Yeah, we're not going to break down every single match though. So that match was an ITV add. advert. Oh no, just the Kip Sabian match was just yeah. to get the UK guys on side. Yeah. But I, I also want to say I thought it was good. I enjoyed Hangman coming out and winning the battle royale. I thought that was good fun storytelling. You have to give him something to do. See, yeah. originally I was thinking this could have been the spot for um, Moxley. It would have been really interesting. Like at the end yeah. of the pre-show, you have him appear, and that would have got a lot of hype. To thinking, what's he going to do on the main show? But they decided not to go down that route after Pack dropping out of the show. But talking about Moxley, have we should we talk about the main event a bit and I guess the aftermath because that's the big news story coming yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Um, first of all, did you like Jericho's entrance? With his... yeah. Oh yeah, the the, the oh, many fun. faces of Jericho, but conveniently not infringing on any WWE copyrights. Yeah, they, they was, and again for those that didn't watch it, Chris Jericho or some he had some people playing Chris Jericho where they did Lionheart and they had the list and they had the light up jacket and then you got modern Alpha Chris Jericho coming out afterwards. But not goth dad, not not like fully goth clown dad New Japan Jericho, no. just like. Standard goth dad Jericho this time. No makeup. Yeah, yeah no clockwork orange makeup. By the way, with Jericho, on the company they said he looks like he's in the best shape he's been in all his life or forever. And I look at him and I'm like, he's not looking really? in that great of his shape. Yeah. I'm like, no, he's 48. I, I watched an interview where he talked about how he thought it was good that he'd got a bit of a flabby gut at the moment because in, in Japan that makes you look scarier because yeah, it's like you don't give a crap now. about anything. Yeah. It's, 
Six's gimmick, but he's now more of a brawler, and that's what he's trying to do as, he, as, as he's aged into it. But yeah, it seemed a bit odd. But he still managed to do a 27 match, 27 minute match with Kenny Omega, and Jericho won, which I wasn't sure. I, I figured Omega was going to win, but this yeah. is always a smarter booking to go with. But it, Brod, it, do you think it was Jericho the whole way? Yeah, I felt Jericho needed to win this match more than Kenny Omega. I mean, if a heel won the Battle Royal, then you'd have Kenny Omega win. Oh yeah, true, and yeah. you know, I think I think the original plan was clearly going to be Kenny Omega versus Pack for the title. Of course, Pack dropped out, so like, fuck, we have to give the victory to Adam Page. So I guess they're going to make Jericho versus Page and give Page the title. Um, but yeah. I was pleased to see Kenny not win because it actually proves my fear with all elite wrestling is the fact that whilst they say it's for everybody, that it's just, and it's a fear and it's unproven, but it's, my fear is it's just going to be an excuse to put the elite more over than they actually mm. are. So the young bucks will always have the tag titles. Kenny Omega or Cody will be around the world title scene. So I know it's Jericho. I know he's a bigger name, but I think, it's good that he's put over like that. Yeah. And uh, it, it takes away from the fact that, you know, this idea that Kenny's going to win all the time. I think that makes sense. I was looking at the card afterwards and you're like, okay, all, the elite are all winning. It makes sense in some ways. Like, Cody, you figured was always going to win. You figured Adam Page was going to win whatever he did. The Young Bucks could, and Lucha Brothers could have gone either way and what was an amazing match. But I just, I, I wasn't sure with Jericho or Omega who it would have been. And I just thought, okay, you so- yeah, as soon as Page won, I felt Jericho's going to win because you need that face heel dynamic. Mm. Did it, you... it, if Jericho was going to stay in the promotion and do more stuff other than just this marquee match, then yeah, it doesn't make sense to have him lose. And mm. it was, I mean, it was a really good match. I enjoyed it. The um, Codebreaker and Judas Effect combo. Oh no, come on! Win. I thought the Judas Effect looked awful. Yeah, I it I, looked I, like I he's sad. just gently bonking Kenny Omega in the head. If you it want was, to do yeah. a proper good elbow to the head, look at Will Ospreay. That it lad. Is can do some proper vicious elbows and to the head. If it had been on its own, I would have... If it been on its own, I would have agreed it would have been odd, but the Codebreaker into Judas Effect combo worked. If he just hit the Judas Effect out of nowhere and that was it, I'd have been like, that's a bit strange. Yeah. But it was almost yeah, like, this, uh, is, this is like the um, final, like full stop on this beatdown. I would have loved to seen the Judas Effect done in a Rainmaker type of fashion. So mm. you'd have like... The wind up, yeah. Motion. I half expected that when he, when I heard him practicing it, but... yeah, because I think that would have also tied in really well with Jericho's title match with the card and Dominion. I know New Japan and AEW separate, obviously, but oh, yeah, but that would, that, that, yeah, that would have been that would have been cool, but it's just it happened. It's like, ah, oh, okay, yeah, I, it's, I... It's, it's, a, it's a weird way to end what was a great match, and that's that's why up until the finish. Jericho versus Omega was clearly the match of the night, but then Cody versus, yeah. I, I thought it was actually quite botchy, that finish. It was obvious that they went for some spot to set up the finish, and then they bollocks it up, and Kenny Omega had to go for a pin out of nowhere to like cover for it, and then they kind of improvised until they got back to the same position, and they just re-ran the same spot again. I, I thought it wasn't the best match I've seen either of those guys have. Not saying it was bad. I mean, yeah. <laughs> You know, I want to be clear. I'm I'm only being critical because this is a wrestling podcast. Um, yeah. But I, like, think, I mean, it wasn't as good as a New Japan match. No. No. Would you still say it was a four star match? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. yeah absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Well, I mean, we're being critical, but we're saying it's still a four star match. Yeah, yeah. Like it's a bloody good match. It's just a 
for me a flat ending. Yeah. Uh, um, but, you well, know. that ties into the whole Adam Page and Chris Jericho, and we're trying to work out what did that mean because of Adam Page winning the Battle Royale. So you're saying that Kenny couldn't win that match, and then at the end of this, Moxley appears, and my money's on him and Kenny having a big match at the. What's, what's their show now? The All Out show they're going to be yeah, doing. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah. What did you make of Moxley? Omega's facing Seema, I think, from OWE. So, yeah, sorry. What did you I... make of, like, of Moxley's like, debut? I wet my little pants. I did. I uh, got very excited. Yeah, it's, it's, it's so Steve Austin esque. Yeah. And I figured it that's, like... what, that's what I always wanted to see. What we saw. At Double or Nothing is how I wanted Ambrose to be portrayed for a long time in WWE, uh, the character Dean Ambrose. And he could have been that guy. He could have been the number one face of WWE, in my opinion. And I think we're going to get that out of John Moxie in AEW. And for me, if they're smart, you put him near the top of that card every single time. Not because 100%. he's the best wrestler, but for me, John Moxie is one of the best storytellers in wrestling. And I, I love the beatdown. I love the fact that he gave no shits. It's, you know, if you're going to ha- have him be a lunatic, be a fucking lunatic. And that's mm. what he was. And He's back yeah. to being John Moxley again. I love, I love it. I love it. I love it. John Moxley is the first independent wrestler that I probably saw outside of WWE and Impact way back in 2010, 2011. Just some and... shit that I used to, I used to love death matches. So for me... Ah, oh, it's exciting. Have exciting. you seen the Taipei drunk death match? Him versus Neil Diamond Cutter in that school gym. Yeah, every uh, yeah, that's that's a good match. Recommend that's on YouTube. Look it up. And he's doing that. He did the beat down. He beat Jericho. Then he beat up the ref. And then he went for Kenny Omega, who fought back, and they fought into the crowd, and ended up finishing with like the couple of like moves, like the finish. He's finishing DDT onto the stack of chips, I guess. Um, all the all the way through this, Kenny Omega, we should have mentioned, he broke his nose early in that match with Jericho. Oh, yeah. So he was doing the whole of that match, and then this beatdown. Massive had massive breathing issues when you got a broken nose and oh, yeah. blood on his face. But um, I mean, the card, the cardio you need to do for professional wrestling to even do like two minutes of professional wrestling is fucking insane. So for the fact, I mean, the guy has got the guy's got lungs for days to survive all that. Then. <laughs> And we should say, Brod's talking from experience because you did some wrestling training to try this out and realised how damn hard it was. Mm. Oh, yeah. I couldn't. I didn't even hit the ring. So I don't think I constitute as wrestling training. It's just like, this is the cardio you need to do. And I'm like, nah, F that. <laughs> just going to start a podcast instead. <laughs> yeah, just going to start do you know, a podcast. Do you know how much cardio you have to do to do a wrestling podcast? Do you know? It's I just outrageous. Up. I mean, I literally, I literally got up me and myself a coffee and it's so exhausted whereas you know? i've been out cycling i went out for a cycle for about an hour or so you know i was getting like getting the cardio getting the breathing going getting pumped up for this show the, I thing, that every time. the, thing, the thing is we all like critic all us fans love to criticize and whatnot but seriously like a dream of mine would be to be as good as jinder mahal and that sounds yeah. like a joke but really if you're as good as him for instance you're doing okay in the world of professional you're, wrestling. You're pretty fucking good, like, yeah. Like, yeah. We criticise every single fucking person that you, to step in that ring and take one bump. Fuck me, you have my respect. Yeah, way. yeah. It's really tiring <laughs> to have even a shit match, let alone a good one. Yeah. yeah. So, 
I think we're agreeing the match was great, this main event, in terms of it's at least yeah. a four, four and a half star match. Moxley comes out, you've got the headline big moment happening. Um, it seemed like a good way to be ending that show. I mean, I, I, it was, the minute Joko was doing that promo, you knew something was going to happen. So you, I imagine a lot of people were waiting, but Dean came through the crowd in the way you'd hope. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think uh, overall, uh, I mean, uh, the end of this particular match, but all the matches, I thought, or well, not all of them, most of the matches set up uh, interesting storylines and, and feuds and stuff for, for future events. So, yes, yeah, an exciting pay-per-view yeah. to watch. I think they did do well in sort of, for, yeah, let's say, forward in some of the storylines. They didn't have much to begin with, but they've established a few characters during this show, set up the future shows they're going to be doing. MJF, world champion. Definitely, I mean, uh, that's coming for sure. So the thing we didn't talk about yet is um, they, did, they did do the um, world title presentation. Originally, it was going to be Ric Flair before his health issues, so they had Bret Hart instead, along with Jack Whitehall, UK comedian. It just seems very strange. Yeah, it was weird there. seeing him there. <laughs> he's well, a wrestling you, you, fan you, you, as well. You the last episode of uh, Road to Double or Nothing. Yeah, he's yeah it's, it's weird seeing him there as well. I know. But he's apparently <laughs> quite a big wrestling fan, and why not? It's a good way to get some a, another a face that people know in the UK on that yeah. product as well. Yeah. So sensible yeah. thing to seems do. Really, seem to really enjoy you know, being there, which I quite like seeing. I so. think yeah, I like Jack White. Well, I like about Jack White. Yeah, yeah, you can tell when he's really like into something when you watch like his shows that are on Netflix when he travels with his dad, for example. But yeah. when he was when he was introducing Bret Hart, he had a big fucking smile on his yeah. face. You know, that was a yeah. fanboy moment introducing yeah. Bret Hart. Yeah, um, kudos to him. So Brett came out, they did a little skit with like MJF and you know, making a little joke about, I don't know, Sam, you might have missed it actually because you were watching some other people. Um, MJF did a little thing where he looked at putting out Brett and said, Brett, look out, there's a fan getting into the ring. And then oh. started laughing. <laughs> I missed that. No, I didn't see that one. I saw him do the catchphrase. That was good. Uh, and it's like, I actually scratched that as a stupid catchphrase. And I'm like, yeah. Oh. This, this guy, this guy is such a... He's I got want, a better catchphrase. I, I want him and EC3 to form a tag team at some point. Like, when <laughs> EC3 eventually gets released. What, just called, like, the Rich Boy Dickheads, the yep. tag team? Oh, yeah. It'll be, the, it'll be the most average tag matches you'll ever see, they're but just, the best fucking promos. But you'll, you'll watch them all just to see them get kicked in, eh? Yeah. I like, yeah. I like the idea of them being a tag team, but I'd shorten it because you can get away with just calling them the Rick, the Rich Dicks. Just call oh them yeah, that. nice. Rich Dicks, uh, then... To be fair, WWE's already beaten you. They had a tag team in 2005 called the Dicks. Yeah, that's not uh... a joke. Um, yeah, that was, that was a good little skit, and we got we got to see you know British boy Jimmy Havoc get involved in that as well, and help yeah. see him off. Remember, I mean, we didn't get a proper belt presentation, but yeah. the belt looked yeah. very shiny and like a proper prestigious world title. I didn't really get very much of a look at it, right? Because yeah, I yeah. glanced at my phone when Brett, for the one second that Brett had it held up towards the hard camera, and then he just immediately was like, I've never been on TV in a wrestling ring before. Do you face away from the hard cam? And he's just standing, fa- like, per- waving the belt left to right, facing away from all of the cameras. I was shouting at the TV, like, Brett, what are you doing? I know you can do this. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, did, bro, did you not like the look of the belt? I loved it because I hate the WWE belts these days that just look like merch. And wow. this is a proper belt where it's gold and shiny. Don't insult the merch belt. <laughs> they're just, well, they're not real belts to me anymore. They're just like, it's a big WWE logo on some leather. Where yeah, I like pretty, proper pretty much plates. I, I, yeah, I, hmm. I need a proper look at it before I make up my mind. Like, half the time, I don't like something new anyway. So I'll, eventually, I'll probably eventually get used to the sight of it. 
It looks it like kind of remi- someone. It kind of reminds me of like I think the Ring of Honor TV title or the Impact Tag Belts. I just don't like the long plate. It looked like a long plate. So I see you put it up in the chat. I, I I won't I won't look at it. But anyway, uh... <laughs> it looks like if you hit someone with it, it would really hurt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Brett didn't Brett didn't do a good um... job actually presenting it, which is like you should know better than this, Brett. But except he's not yeah. he's not the man he used to be, I guess. Um, yeah. The one match we haven't talked about, I know we're we're not planning to run for everything, but I just want to quickly make reference to the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros because Brod, I know you're a big fan of the Lucha Bros. This was a really good match as well, right? Uh, it was fun. Uh, I'm, this goes back to my thing about Young Bucks and just too many moves, you know? So you overdo mm. it, and that's what it felt like. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm mean, i saying this as a person who still really enjoyed the match. Don't get me wrong. I just, I wish it, as, as it, yeah, I just wish it was slightly shorter and more to the point. It was very I, much like them pressing L1 over and over and over again, or or I, R1 I or whatever the finishing I, button is. I agree. I mean, I really did the match, but there was a couple I'm of good. times when they hit amazing top rope, oh, yeah. like combo moves. And you're like, that should be the finish. And it's like, no, I'm going to kick out. And that's one of the, as much as I enjoy the Young Bucks, that's my criticism. I just so, like, yeah. no, what, you're, not, you're not Superman. What I would say is this is another bit where the commentary let everyone down quite a lot because the Young Bucks, like a lot of wrestlers, have had way, 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 way tons of, uh, of finishing moves. And so a lot of those tag team combination moves they were doing were like old finishes and spots from matches they'd had with the Lucha Brothers in the past. Okay. So I recognized a few of them, but yeah, because I'm enough. not that indie, I obviously I didn't pick up on all of them. But if the commentary team had had maybe even been briefed a little bit or like done a bit of research about who what the finishes were then yeah they hit like uh, a couple of a couple of moves i recognize from back when they were in pwg and stuff yeah i just you know i think i comparing it to their battles with lax on impact and it's just i think i feel the difference between those two matches and the match that we saw a double or nothing is lucha brothers match with the lax both of them were a lot tighter so, you know, I like it when a finisher is a finisher. And that's my big, as Jason pointed out, that's a big issue with the Young Bucks is that sometimes they have too many. And mm. unless you have the story context with Sam points out, which in that case, that that makes much so much more sense and makes it better. But if, you, if you're not given that information and you're trying to attract new fans as well, I hate yeah. that, then you're just going to go, hmm, it's a little bit, you know, yeah. a little bit silly at so, points. And it's a shame because, you know, tremendous athletes, tremendous physical effort yeah, yeah. that all men put in. So I don't want to criticise too much because uh, at the end of the day, I still really enjoyed this match. Yeah, I think it was a really, really enjoyable match. Like, But yeah, you have to have that context to it. I think talking about the commentary on this point, um, the commentary wasn't brilliant all night long. I think mainly because they just haven't got the chemistry. They're not used mm. to working together. Jim Ross got lost a few times. As much as one of the main reasons I ordered this show was for Jim Ross, he genuinely did good in when it was like the singles matches. That's where he excelled. But when there was a lot going on, he didn't know the names of the moves. And they, this isn't like they were, they were just not quite, you know, they didn't have that chemistry I, of like I, I, working I will, around I will each other. say this in the defense of Jim Ross. He was way more enthusiastic. I think he did put a bit more research into this product than what he did with new japan where for my my two cents i think he was lazy uh, when yep, it came to uh, him and jim barnett's commentary in new japan i think jim ross was far better tonight 
in terms of at least you know being passionate about the project because there's that feels like an element of sincerity towards it and i think when i listened uh, not listened when i read something about aew's giving jim ross a new lease of life after you know what happened to his wife two three years ago i genuinely believe every word he's saying and the passion really felt came through for me and i i agree with you jason he was better in uh, the singles matches but i think you know give him a bit of time getting to learn everything about the AEW product and all its wrestlers mm. and i think he'll make a fine addition the other two commentators sucked yeah it's... and i don't like saying again i don't like being hypercritical but they just sucked. they weren't me. good no you're right it's it's interesting because excalibur while i did shit talking earlier on in the night when he does pwg commentary he's it's i mean it's very indie kind of smarky silly type commentary mm. but he's never bad like i never feel like he's taking away from a match when i watch a match that he's commentating but yeah for this show i just thought you haven't done any of your homework at all, mate, and you're on colour commentary. Uh, oh, no, he's play-by-play, which means he should know all this stuff. Yeah, I'm, I think... No, I think he's colour, isn't he? I don't know. I thought I, he was play-by-play. He does play-by-play for PWG. It, it got a bit confusing. It wasn't like the classic roles at times, I think. But... Yeah. Yeah, I... I um. Mm. I, mean, I haven't I haven't heard his PWG commentary, so I cannot comment. I heard great things about him coming into this, and I was severely disappointed. I'm going to um, put this down to a couple of things. A, production issues, mainly because they were switching from one thing to another to another, and they, they did not do a good job in terms of television production tonight. So I think yeah. that's going to make their job more difficult. And secondly, I'm going to put it down to nerves, because it's, uh, you know, it's fine to accommodate about a show with 500 fans or whatever inside a building. It's fine to commentate on a show that will be streamed and watched by a few thousand tops. This is different. This is big yeah, top. Exactly. You have over 100,000 pay-per-view buys. You know, this is the competitor to WWE. Yeah, and it's live uh, as well. And, and it's Yeah, and it's live. So you're going to have those nerves. It's, it's, it's a whole different ball game, and I think they could have really benefited from getting someone w- with a bigger name value to match Jim Ross. Mm. I'm not saying I'm not saying go Jerry Lawler, but even Jerry Lawler would have been better in this instance because you can rein in Jerry Lawler. Although I'm thinking now, who would you put in Excalibur's place in terms of like big com- uh, commentators that aren't already with the WWE? Uh, I... Vampiro. No, Matt Stryker? God, no. <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Stryker would be a good choice. Matt Stryker's like not Stryker. too bad. Yeah. I, I doubt this would ever happen, given the connections, but Don Callis would probably be a pretty oh, good I, I don't like Don Callis, but I, that's my own personal preference. Yeah, but Don Callis... For all of... Don Callis' Marmite, I'd give you that, but Don Callis is... Don Callis doesn't fuck up. No, that's true. That's true. And, and that's the thing about Don Callis is he's very, very professional in that sense. So, you know, he's a very good commentator to have in that sense. So pulling this back a little bit, um, we're talking about the announcers, overall production. So I, I acknowledge there were a few glitches, like in terms of like some of where they, they got some of the camera angles wrong. They missed a couple of spots. That's, WWE misses spots as well, right? It's yeah, just yeah. something that happens when there's a lot going on. But I think overall... The production for me was good. There was, like, when I look at it, you know, as the Young Bucks said, you know, 20,000 people sell out crowd. Um, <laughs> and, like- but when they shot the arena, 
that looked like a big crowd. Mm. I believe that was a big time event. I didn't think this is some little indie thing. I thought there is the twelve, the twelve thousand, the actual number. There's twelve thousand people in here, and it's well lit. It looks like a professional show. They've got a good entrance ramp. They seem to have a click oh. on for the classic hills and faces coming from different areas. I thought the overall production and with okay. coming to the ring looked good. Okay, so. When I mean production, I didn't mean the lighting. The lighting was great. Uh, what they did with the seating and all that was great. The stage was fantastic. I mean, I love the stage. I have to put mm. out that I, I miss what WWE used to do with stages. And this hot back to... And I saw the all-in stages. Sets. Like proper sets, yeah. Yeah. You know, instead of WrestleMania where you pay all that money, you get a giant screen. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, actually, I did like the giant screen. It's simple, but usually I wouldn't. Um, so, yeah, it was just great to see sets and poker chips. I loved it. I absolutely loved it. But I'm talking about the actual television production. And if yeah. you want... And there's, there's two levels. Firstly, the amount of errors. Yes, WWE has errors. It's obvious. Kevin Dunn's not the best producer on the fucking planet. But it's a fast, it's fast slicker by comparison. The second thing is just I didn't like the graphics. I mean, I like the double or nothing logo and I like the roulette wheel, but it just felt so basic in comparison to what WWE does. And if you want to be competitive to WWE, I know you're offering an alternative, but you have to look slicker. Uh, And I don't feel the television production is as slick. They'll have a few pay-per-views between now and then to get it right. I'm sure they will. But it it very much struck the same issues as All In. And I think they need to get slicker in order for them to be a proper competitor because casual fans will not like it. Yeah. I I, I didn't notice the graphics myself being like either good or bad, but I don't really have much of an eye for that. But what I thought was while the match was running... They got all the all the camera angles in the match were good. I didn't feel like I personally didn't feel like I missed any spots. I thought well, that they captured... battle royal had plenty missed. Oh, that's the battle royal, though, isn't it? Yeah, and multi-person matches also had a few of those occasions as well. The singles match is fine, but, but... I, there, there was a couple of things here and there where I'm like. Mm. There was no point where like something really important post-match was happening in the ring, and they'd cut to a commentary team oh. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. but I I thought yeah between all the matches the especially on the pre-show the timing of like when graphics came up when the the commentary team was supposed to be talking about them and stuff like like having to abruptly change what match you're talking about halfway but what through your your commentary because the the production team have gone to the next slide too early and stuff that just looked a bit amateur hour yeah, yeah. and uh, I'm only saying this because they want to be a competitor if it was any other promotion. I mean, the fact it wasn't as even good as Impact's production, television-wise, that's what annoyed me. Um, but, you know, I, I just want them to be at that same level so they can compete and, you know, do what they set out to do, which is change the game of professional wrestling. So, of course, they're going to look at it with harsher eyes and say, oh, it's Ring of Honor. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I, I think... The the team for this one were a completely new production team, possibly with like some old wrestling hat in there. But um, at All In, it was literally just the Ring of Honor production team running the show. They didn't have like the, their own guys in. So hopefully, yeah, the, the team they've got now will, will get better yeah, and better as time goes on. True. I think there's also a couple of things where it's like, oh, Cody's coming out of this tunnel. We forgot. 
<laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. The other tunnel. And it's just, just stuff like that. I just, you know, one thing that I really love about professional wrestling is entrances. So when I miss something, I don't like it. Mm, especially in an entrance, yeah. Yeah, I love it. You don't entrances. get that in other sports, do you? Yeah, I love entrances. I love entrances. Have I told you how much I love entrances? <laughs> it's almost as much as I love Brock Lesnar winning money in the bank. Sorry, Jason. <laughs> Uh, I think I think we've covered most part of the show here. I mean, I think we've said that we've definitely we've definitely been fairly critical of it. We've not mm. just been talking about how amazing it all was, but yeah, I think you know, we've brought up our issues with it. But I think I still I think all of us are good at. I mean, this was a damn good show, right? Oh, it was a really good pay per view. Uh, yeah, like we, yeah, we, we've good. literally been picking holes in it because otherwise, well, we, a, a podcast where we sit around and go, oh yeah, I've really liked it for an hour. That's dull. <laughs> Nobody yeah. wants to listen to that. Oh, so yeah. yeah, don't 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 listen to us in the last hour of this podcast. It was a really good wrestling show. Yeah, so I'm gonna just wrap it up now. So we've already said a match of the night's Cody versus Dustin. Uh what who's your favourite wrestler of the night though? Oh so MVP. Oh yeah. who's your MVP? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh, I'll go first. One. I'll go first because this is going to annoy a lot of people, but MJF is my guy. He was so entertaining. Like, <laughs> he made surprised. that battle royal for me. His promo work, I love it. I'm just going to give it to the new kid, MJF. I think this was definitely his breakout show, yeah. Mm, he's amazing. I love him. I want his babies. I'm not even <laughs> capable of producing babies, but if I could, I would have MJF as babies. Anyway, go on. <laughs> it's a hard to pick one. I mean, my default is to go for Dustin Rhodes just because of the mm. amount of blood he shed for our entertainment. But then I'm thinking about... The Young Bucks and some of the movies I saw there. Like I think Matt Jackson in particular had some amazing moments on it. Oh, but yeah. then he had a great night. It's hard for me to pick the guys apart from the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros because they all did see some amazing moments. So I mm. guess just because it pulled me in the most and made me believe, I'm going with Dustin Rhodes. Yeah, I, I, I think as lame as it is to just agree with someone, something someone else has said, I'm going to go with Dustin Rhodes as Wait, well. Wait, you're not agreeing with me, Sam? No, uh, no, <laughs> shockingly, no. Um, <laughs> no 50-year-old Dustin Rhodes. Still I, I, wanted that, I wanted that match to be really good, but I also knew, like, in the back of my mind, you know, this is a match. Both of these boys have a complete, like, a, a, a bit of a reputation for dropping the ball when the chips are down a little bit, and it could have just been, like, a bit of a flat, rubbish nothing much and it, it it really wasn't it blew me away so yeah. yeah and i think that was all down to dustin Rhodes. well not all of it obviously but big big part of it was down to him oh, really mentioned, i really enjoyed the whole they set a couple of great spots up and when dustin got the chance to basically whip cody with his own belt across the arse that was oh yeah <laughs> give that boy a paddling <laughs> yeah, pretty much that's what i was in my head like it's yeah, a paddling for you so last but not least our grades overall gentlemen Uh, I realised by the way I gave Money in the Bank B plus last week I'm going to give it C plus just because I'm going to be harsher so now I can say a proper real grade for double or nothing (laughs) you've you've reset the curve it sounds like yeah Yeah. so double or nothing I'm going to give a B hmm I'm quite strict on my ratings at the minute, but I'm going to give this an A minus. I really enjoyed That's so it. Strict. I'll give it an A minus. Normally, I'm yes. really strict on this, and you, you have a go at me for like giving everything like C's. I think. I don't know. Yes. So this, but this one for me, just the amount I enjoyed it, A minus. 
Yeah, I think I'm going to go with an A minus as well. Granted, there were some matches that were like maybe didn't le- aren't going to lead anywhere or whatever, but overall it was a storming show. Yeah, I mean, it's the sum of its parts makes it an A minus. Yeah, I th- I think there's no doubt about it. There's not a single wrestler on that show, male or female, that uh, didn't disappoint. Like they all put in a ton of effort. Yeah. No one phoned uh, it. Yeah, there was no I shit mean, matches. I really didn't care too much for the first half of the show. Um, yeah, I mean, my effort, uh, my, my grade just goes to that, the effort of everyone involved, um, because they, they, they all put in a lot of effort to make an entertaining show. I think what stood out is there was something for everyone. Like you said, the indie, the best of the indies maybe in the first half and then really like main events in the second half, but it was, it was all good. Yeah. So that concludes our review, uh, reaction show. That's gone on for nearly an hour. Yeah. We got into it. That's why I wanted to chat. This was going to be fun. This was going to be a quick episode, but I think we've accidentally just done like a normal episode of the podcast. So well done, everyone. Yeah, well done. Without even scripting it uh, for once, it's absolutely amazing. Uh, So anyway, thank you very much, gentlemen, for this impromptu show. Really enjoyed doing it. And uh, join us later in the week listener and thank you also for listening but join us later in the week listener uh for another podcast we're not sure what we're going to do yet but uh there is some exciting plans ahead but until next thing rod before you do your wrap up the hot sexy thing to follow this is nxt how does nxt respond to this that's the one i'm telling you you what so in two weeks time we are doing uh our first ever retro review as well as a proper review of both NXT TakeOver 25 and the first ever NXT live special NXT Arrival. Wait, yo, does this mean I gotta do homework? It's great homework. The f- you'll fall in love with the first match, trust okay, me. Okay, okay. It's Cesaro, Sami Zayn, you- it is one of the best take. No, take I have match. looked at the cards for that that NXT and it sounds ridiculous, yeah. Fair. Yeah, it right. is. It's great fun. Um, Interrupting so, Broad mid promo. Sorry, sorry. He's trying to wrap the show up. By yeah, I'm, I am trying to wrap the show. This your fault, Jason. This, this is unscripted. Uh, you know, unscripted. <laughs> I I don't even have like my usual outro to say. So anyway, thank you for listening. Join us later in the week. Uh, remember to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Holy Shoot Pod. But this is a bottom line because this pod says so. Woo! Nice.